Five Peaks, Five Peaks Nation, Five Peaks, how y'all doing today? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well today. Today we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple of things. Um, but first, as always, I wanna I wanna start this session off by by doing that little gratitude practice, right? Um, I uh, I'm, I'm giving gratitude right now for uh, a lot of things that are going on in life. Uh, I started a, uh, a the life coaching program through Journey, J R N I. Um, it's uh, it's pretty pretty cool so far. Um, I I am being exposed to a lot of other folks that uh, have some really great ideas and and training and concepts uh, revolving around sort of you know well-being living a better life uh, self-actualization resiliency all these all these things that uh, have been kind of you know rolling around in my own brain for for a little bit now and so I'm super grateful that this started and super grateful that I actually made the leap. And so I'm just really super, super excited about uh, this next step in, in the journey and, uh, and sort of uh, feeling pretty positive about what the future, what the future holds. Uh, And so that's a, that's a good place to be in between what, you know what I have going on, and, and what uh, my wife Shara, who is on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, definitely go check it out. Uh, Holistic Life with Shara Fairman. Um, that is, um, it's a, some really good information, and uh, about the you know some of the differences between conventional medicine and functional medicine, um, and just some of the the things that should be looked out for and whatnot. But uh, it's really great episode, and hopefully. Um, you know, we, we plan on, on doing one of these together, um, at least, you know, semi-regularly, if not, you know, the goal is to try to do one together about once a month. Uh, but if, you know, schedules are, are what they are and we only, we get one every so often, or maybe it'll be twice a month, or maybe it won't be for a month and a half or whatever, um, the, the goal is to, is to do those fairly regularly because she had some great insights on that. And that's another thing I'm super grateful for is, is having a wife that is smart in all the right ways um, when it comes to, you know, healthcare, when it comes to the medical profession, when it comes to um, being an advocate for yourself, right? Um, just because the doctor said that you need to be on this pill for the rest of your life doesn't that doesn't necessarily make it true. It's called medical practice for a reason. And perhaps there's some other things that can be done uh, for a condition. And so she's all about that. She's all about looking at underlying causes. She's all about, you know, not just putting band-aids on things, but actually, actually fixing the problem. And so that's awesome. It's an awesome resource to have. Um, well, today, uh, you know, I, I've had some as I said, I've had some just sort of uh, uh, random thoughts going, and I don't know that this is necessarily a random thoughts episode, although maybe it, maybe it's going to turn into one. Um, but as I've been going through uh, the journey 
coaching program. Um, simultaneously, I've also been um, going through some stuff through uh, positive psychology, and it's a lot of you know resiliency training and ideas focused around that, um, and really kind of diving into stuff revolving around resiliency, revolving around growth, revolving around relationships, revolving around leadership, um, revolving around just sort of being the better person. Um, and, and these are things, you know, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, is sort of what we're all about, is sort of living a better life, being more fully actualized, being healthier, um, you know, being more in tune to yourself as, as well as others. And so there's just, um, there's been a couple of, of ideas recently that have come up that I've really wanted to talk about. Um, and some of those come from also, I'm, I'm re-listening to the, uh, some of the Arbinger Institute books. If you haven't checked out any of their stuff, it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, they, they've got a, They've got three sort of like flagship books. It's uh, The Anatomy of Peace, The Outward Mindset, and Leadership and Self-Deception. Those three books, especially Leadership and Self-Deception and The Outward Mindset, really go hand in hand. The, the ideas behind these books are that we, when we look outward or when we look at other people as people rather than objects um, and we take into account other people's you know um, goals, motivations, desires, challenges, uh, those sorts of things, then we can absolutely build better relationships and we can if you're a business leader or you're a leader of any sort, um, you can actually maximize the potential within the people around you. And that's not even necessarily just, you know, your direct subordinates or direct reports, but um, it, it could also be like your peers, right? And then, then this also fans out and becomes a larger concept that you can start relating into your family life and relating into how you know, you, you're the relationship that you have with your spouse and your children and your friends and the random people on the street and, you know, just everybody else that exists that isn't you in general. And not only that, but it also builds a better relationship with yourself. And so there's a, there's some examples that are given, um, certainly within, well, both of them. Um, so leadership and self de self deception is written um, almost as as an allegory. Um, it's a it's written as a fictional tale that a fictional tale that tells a story that imparts a lesson and imposes or not imposes but but passes along the the concepts and the teachings and the ideas that surround how it is that we betray ourselves and in doing so um, how that affects our relationship with those around us and so one of the ways in which you know we we betray ourselves or sort of the 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 way in which we betray ourselves really comes down to when we treat others 
outside of the way that we know we should be treating them. Right? And so the the idea here is like one of the examples that's given is uh, a husband and wife are, you know, laying in bed and uh, the baby, you know, they have a baby and, and the baby starts crying in the next room. And the, the husband hears this crying and, you know, immediately knows and feels that he should get up and go tend to the baby. But then all of a sudden he betrays himself by saying, well, why should I have to get up? I'm, I work all day. I'm tired. I work all day or basically I'm just, I'm, I'm not, you know, in the end, like maybe I'm just too lazy and I don't want to get up. And so he doesn't get up. And in that instant that he doesn't get up and goes tend to the baby that's crying, he's betrayed himself. And now he has to find a villain. And now he has to justify that action. And in so doing, starts vilifying his spouse, his wife in this instance. And starts saying things like, well, I work all day. I pay all the bills. I'm the one that was, you know, out working hard. She should be the one that gets up and goes tense to the baby. And then not only that, it starts taking a step further. Well, if you think that, well, then now you're thinking that she's being lazy. And now you're thinking that she doesn't care about the baby. And now you're thinking she's a bad mother. And now blah, blah. And so this stream of negativity starts being cast on the you know your your partner in life all because in the initial stance the person betrayed themselves by not doing the thing that they know they should do by not treating others the way that they know they should be treating others and so really what this comes down to is empathy and, and this is where also the outward mindset comes in, where instead of only thinking of others as means to your own personal ends, you're actually thinking of others as others. You're actually considering their goals, desires, challenges, motivations, etc. And when actions are taken, they're taken in the sense of that other person as a person, as a whole unique individual that exists in the world. And one of the examples from the book that's given that I thought really kind of put it home was, um, uh, well, actually, this was back from from the leadership into self-deception where there was a, a the man that was that was sort of like the, the, you know, main instructor of the lesson was talking about a time he was on a plane and, uh, you know, the plane was filling up, it was kind of overbooked or whatever. And he went, he found his seat or he found a seat, it's, you know, maybe a Southwest flight that didn't have assigned seating. He found, he found a seat that had the seat next to him that was open and he put his briefcase down on that open seat. He found a window seat, he put the briefcase down on the middle seat and he pulled out a newspaper and was reading it and kind of covered his face up and would kind of like try to make it big. And he admitted, like, I tried to make this thing as big as possible so that so to make this other seat that was next to me as unattractive as possible. And he said he was, you know, every so often as people were walking down the aisle and kind of eyeing the seat, he would look over his paper and he's looking at them with this eye of like judgment and this eye of, 
you know, you're too chatty. You look like you're, you want to talk too much. You look like you don't want to talk enough. You look like you're too big. You're too small. You're too whatever. You're too this. You're too that. He starts basically vilifying everybody. And the reason being is because he's not seeing them as, as people that need a seat. He's seeing them as objects, obstacles to his own personal comfort. And he's seeing himself as being above them. As though that they are encroaching on his, his space and his rightfully earned, earned space in the world because he's successful or whatever. And so he shouldn't have to deal with someone sitting next to him. Now, later in the story, he says he was on an, another flight. It was him and his wife. And he was going wherever they were going. And uh, they ended up where it's like they weren't going to be able to sit together. Well, a woman from the back saw this, came up, said, there's a seat next to me. I can totally move. I can take one of your seats. So that way you guys, you two can sit together. And in that instance, it was, was she thinking about her comfort? Was she thinking about how, you know, giving up her seat that she's already sat in was going to be somehow an inconvenience or was she simply seeing others and other people as people in need, as people that had a situation that need they, they needed some resolution on? She was in a position to provide that resolution, and it, it you know it, it's not going to harm her in any way, shape, or form to do this. So why wouldn't she do it? And so the idea here is that. You know, we can we can look at each other and we can look out at the world and we can look out at those around us with a little more humanity and with a little more empathy and think, you know, in that woman's case that gave up the seat where it was like, you know, putting herself in the shoes of others. What if it was her and her spouse and they weren't able to sit together? And there was absolutely you know, another passenger that had an open seat next to them that could just as easily trade seats, no harm, no foul, you know, window for window, aisle for aisle, whatever it is, <clears throat> and help the situation and help these these two people that have this intimate relationship or have this relationship be able to sit next to each other, enjoy the flight, and she still gets a light kind seat without having to to sacrifice so why why wouldn't why wouldn't she do that why wouldn't she take on just seeing others as as people that have a need that she's in a position to fill to fill that it makes a better person it makes a better world right like if if more of us looked at the world in this way, in, in that empathetic way, where we can place each other, place ourselves in another person's shoes and think, if I was in that position, if I was, if I was that person in that situation, how would that make me feel? How would I feel if in that situation? And even if you would feel different in this situation, maybe you wouldn't care. But putting yourself in the situation in which you could at least understand how a person 
would feel a certain way, how a person is going through whatever they're going through, and be able to to truly sort of take that in, it makes us all a little more susceptible to helping each other instead of hurting each other. And you know, it's it's interesting. We I had that uh, podcast with uh, with my buddy Clint, Sergeant Major Clint Rowe. Um, there's another one. If if you haven't listened to that one, I really suggest you go back and listen to that one. Uh, Leadership with Sergeant Major Clint Rowe. Fantastic episode. Clint is a is a living legend in in the community and and really uh, has a lot of insight in, into leadership. Um, but you know, as after that episode, one thing that uh, you know I had wanted to talk about but didn't because we talked about empathy. I asked him the question, "What's the one thing that makes for good leadership?" Like if you had to impart a question, I think my question was if I if you had to impart one piece of advice on what makes for good leadership what is it and instantly without without any hesitation empathy comes out of his mouth and this is a man that you know he's in he's in uh, sergeant major in the united states army he's in the 75th ranger regiment which uh you know you don't have to be in the military to know who the rangers are um this is a man that has been on multiple 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 combat deployments and and has been through the thick and the toughest and the thickest parts of of war and dealt with everyone in the military from the brand new soldiers that are coming in day one off the streets to seasoned veterans that have been in for you know 20 plus years everything in between and the fact that that person says that empathy is the the thing that really makes for good leadership i think speaks volumes it's tomes of of insight there in that single word and so what what i was going to say is that there's a i feel like sometimes there's a thought out there that when we talk about empathy and when we talk about feelings and we talk about looking at others as as people, as truly looking at, at their humanity and not just as objects or cogs or tools to be used and discarded as necessary, then somehow that means that we have to, we're either going to be constantly walked all over or that we have to be soft and we can't ever be hard when necessary. We can't be disciplinary when necessary and we can't be uh, critical when necessary and and I argue that that is couldn't be further from the truth and in fact it is exactly the idea of outward mindset of looking at others and really trying to see if we're serving their uh, the you know their betterment and their good and having empathy and, and seeing if if I was in those shoes what would I want someone to do for me really enables us <coughs> excuse me enables us to be to be critical and to be hard when necessary and to hold people accountable it's not being hard in the sense of being an asshole you're not just being a fuck to people just because right but it's being hard in the sense of when someone doesn't meet the standard when someone doesn't meet the deadline, 
when they don't accomplish the task to standard, when uh, they're otherwise just you know not not performing, what have you. Really, it's empathy and it's outward mindset that allows certainly a leader, but even a peer, a spouse, a parent, to have a conversation with that person. Get an understanding of what caused the failure. What's going on? What's going on in your life right now? You failed. We're going to acknowledge that. We're going to acknowledge that not in this crass way of like, what the fuck? You piece of shit. You fucking never do any. You know, we're not doing that. Right? But when a failure happens or when some sort of uh, bad behavior happens or when, when negativity happens, whatever it is, self-sabotage even sometimes, right? Call people out on their self-sabotage. Then what we what empathy allows us to do is really sort of have that hard conversation that is what's going on. You failed at this task. Were you distracted? Were you not, you know, were you, were you, were you not bought into it? Did you, you know, what was your, what was your mindset? What was your ideology? What kept you from performing this? And once that answer is revealed, then okay, we can work with that. And that, that allows that sense of getting to the bottom of something while still being critical and still acknowledging like you failed. You failed to do X, Y, and Z or your behavior is unacceptable or whatever it is. And then identifying that that is in fact unacceptable that is, in fact, there's going to be consequences because of that. However, as a good leader, as a good friend, as a good spouse, as a good parent, I'm also going to do whatever we can to help you work through those challenges so that this failure doesn't happen again, so that we can see where this might happen, and then also with the understanding that if this becomes a trend, you know, as a leader, maybe as a boss, I got to let you go. <clears throat> or as a, as a spouse, parent, friend, what have you, there's going to be these negative impacts on a relationship if this continues. But let's acknowledge what's going on right now. Let's get at the heart of what it is that's causing this to happen Let's acknowledge that it happened and let's deal with that and the consequences of that. But let's also have some empathy and, and see what we can do to work towards not repeating that mistake, not repeating that bad behavior, not repeating that failure. And I think that in that sense, when we talk about an empathetic leader, when we talk about having empathy, when we talk about having outward mindset, when we talk about um, not not betraying ourselves and then vilifying the other person. I think that really leads to more productive conversations in general. And it really leads to a higher performing organization, whether that's a business organization, whether that's a family unit, whether that's 
a casual friendship, whether that's whatever, right? And I mean, you know, we all have to decide to what level we're we're gonna give the you know give the experience, give the uh, effort, give the resources. You know, if it's a relationship that truly doesn't matter to you, then I guess you know you can just cut it off. But with relationships that matter, certainly, you know, those coworkers, subordinates, leaders, spouses, parents, children. If we all looked at each other with a little more empathy and and a little more outward mindset, not not inward focused, then I think the world would be a better place. What's interesting here is that there's a trap that a lot of people fall into that is, well, if this person's going to act that way, then, you know, fuck them. I'm going to just act that way right back. And this is, uh, this is, uh, what's referred to as collusion in this, in this regard where, uh, I am, you know, say I I betrayed myself and, and so now I've vilified someone or maybe even someone did something that frustrated, angered, angered me, whatever. And instead of dealing with that in a positive way, I simply, you know, I look at that person as being whatever they are. They're an asshole. They're lazy. They never think of others. They're selfish, et cetera, et cetera. And so now I respond in kind, which then of course makes them respond in kind which then only goes to confirm the beliefs that I had about them and the beliefs that I thought they were X, Y, and Z negative things because of the collusion that happened. Well, if you're going to be an asshole, then I'm going to be an asshole, and I'm going to be a bigger asshole, et cetera, et cetera. And it just kind of never ends. And so what we see as the key to breaking that cycle is to be first. Right? Be first to break the cycle. Be first to act out with compassion. Be first to act out with empathy. Be first to act out with kindness or at least with regard to the other person's humanity. And do this without any expectation of reciprocity. I've talked about this before where I've talked about modeling the behavior that we wish to see in others. Right? If, we, if we truly want to affect the way that people behave, and this is positive and negative, we need to model the behavior that we want to see in others. And this is also part of being first. Be the first one to take into account other people's goals, motivations, challenges. Be the first to ask why it is somebody failed at a task and not in a judgmental way, right? Don't necessarily like, why did you do that? Often question, I've talked about this before too, where it's the why question, especially in in something like that. Why do you feel that way? Why did you do that? It, It has a propensity to put people on the defensive because now they, they feel like they're being personally attacked. And so they have to, you know, sort of put the walls up and sometimes you'll get, you know, single word monosyllabic answers that basically are telling you to go fuck off. 
instead of a question of what was ca- what was the cause of this failure. What was the cause of this failure gives room where it's not necessarily something personally that this person that you know the other party did, but well this this task failed due to you know I, I put in this requisition it didn't get filled it didn't get filled because uh, the people that I put it into didn't have enough manpower to get to it a deadline passed etc cetera, etc cetera. you see what I'm saying and that's it it leaves room for an actual wider discussion a broader discussion of what it is that's going on and to get at the heart of a matter instead of simply why did you personally fail in which case depending on the person and a lot of times you'll get an i don't know or you'll get a it wasn't my fault it was somebody else as opposed to more of a systematic thing of you know sometimes honesty of you know what caused what causes to fail i just simply didn't get to it Okay, let's move with that. Instead of uh, a ultra defensive of, well, you know, this other person and I was so flustered and whatever. There, There's the less judgment that you can place on another person when communicating with them, the more honest of an answer you're going to get. I had a... One of, my, one of my teammates today said something that really kind of stuck to me we're we're trying to get some things done at work and and a lot of us are doing you know going through these processes for the first time and uh he he said if i'm not transparent then i won't learn i believe that's what he said and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna check here i I wrote it down and and it really stuck out to me um this is what he said. In order for me to learn, I need to be transparent. And I really think that if more of us took that into consideration, in order for me to learn, I need to be more transparent. I think that really is at the heart of a lot of things. When we justify our failures, when we justify our bad behavior, we're not being transparent. Or when we put up the, the walls and we put up the blockades and we don't allow people to see what's going on with us. And this doesn't mean you know you need to break down crying and share every dirty, dark secret you have with anybody that asks necessarily. But certainly, just because you've failed or just because you didn't do something right, it's not an indictment of who you are as a person. It could just be that you didn't know how to do this process, this task. You didn't understand that this behavior was going to have this negative effect on somebody. And be transparent about that. Hey, what was it that that caused this thing to fail? Well, uh, I saw this this portion of of the thing and I didn't understand it. And so I just kind of put whatever in, not knowing. I didn't know who to ask, and so I just kind of went with it. Okay, so it was a lack of understanding. Now we can get at fixing that. Instead of simply like, well, I thought I did it right, so uh, it, it probably wasn't my fault. You see what I'm saying? Like, be transparent. And as long as you're transparent, then 
you can learn because you're you're at that point you're being honest with yourself right you're not being dishonest with those around you or those that are asking the questions you don't always have to be the person that has all the answers you don't always there's no expectation of perfection in literally anything in life i've never outside of like final product engineering right like there's no expectation of perfection and even with engineering which is a super precise science where we're getting down to you know the thousandth of a millimeter or the you know whatever less than that even um there's prototypes and there's um concepts and there's a hundred failures before that final product gets released and there's a thousand ideas that were trash before we finally came up with the one that was good and all of those were a failure but we're honest about it we're honest about the way it works and i and i understand that in some industries and in some situation <coughs> a failure can mean catastrophe but that's why practice happens and that's why learning happens and that's why education happens and that's why continuing education happens so that when the time comes to perform and it has to be right, all the failure has already happened. But at any given moment, we should be open to learning. And in order to do that, we have to be honest with ourselves. And in order to do that, we have to be transparent. I was uh, listening to a podcast today where they were sort of talking about this exact thing. And uh, it was the idea that certainly as, as adults, and, and actually this was a, uh, it was a Joe Rogan experience. And, you know, Joe, everyone knows Joe is the big, you know, the big, the big head honcho um, in, the, in the podcast world, certainly. Um, he said he made this comment about as we get older we stop learning or we stop being willing to learn and the reason is because you know some people a lot of people i would say a lot of people and unfortunately it might be the rule and not the exception the more i think about it don't want to admit that another person knows something that they don't you take a 40-year-old man that's a professional in his field, has been doing it for how you know 20-something years that is being shown someone by by being shown something by someone else and, and let that person be super junior. That guy's not gonna want to hear shit from that other person, especially if it's like some newbie, right? That dude's not gonna want to hear shit from that kid. Even though that kid might actually be right. And depending on the situation, especially nowadays, how smart the next generation is. Oh my God. You know, my generation, I'm, I'm 40, right? So my generation, we grew up without the internet and invented the internet. But the generation, the two generations behind me, they've never lived in a world without the internet. They've never lived in the world without information technology. They never had to <coughs> use pay phones and make collect calls. They've had computers in their pocket that far exceed anything we had growing up. When I was a kid, I was writing on a typewriter. 
writing writing reports for school on, on literally a typewriter. Click, 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 right? Kids these days are making films on their phone. So to think that they're not going to maybe have some insight and have some <clears throat> a different way of thinking about a given problem set is insane. And if we're not transparent about that and not transparent about that insecurity, then how are we ever going to get better ourselves? And however, how are we ever going to continue to learn? Right? If we're not transparent, then we, we can't learn. And that transparency, that honesty, that also bleeds into the empathy that we were talking about earlier. If I'm transparent in the way I feel about a situation and the way that I see others and their feeling about a situation, right? This is all emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-regulation, right? Self-awareness is, is aware of your own emotions, what triggers your emotions, what your reactions are going to be. But not only that, it also goes hand in hand with empathy where you understand how your behaviors, your reactions, your emotions affect others. Emotions can be contagious, both good and bad. And so the question is, do we want to be contagious in the way that's beneficial Right, I know, especially right now in the world of the pandemic, maybe using the world contagious is is not the best. But uh, I think you get the you get the point here. As far as if my influence and my impact on those around me is a reality, and it is, do I want that impact? And do I want that influence to be positive or negative? I personally want that influence to be positive. I personally want that influence to be beneficial to everybody. I like an environment and I thrive in an environment where we're all growing. We're all learning from each other. You know, this is one great thing about diversity. Diversity of thought, diversity of education levels, diversity in all regards. Race, religion, color, national origin, sex, sexual orientation, all of that. Because the more diversity that we have, the more new and unique ways of looking at a given problem set there are. And the more that we can actually solve and resolve issues so long as we're not putting up those blockades and sticking to old patterns of thought and self-deceiving and betraying ourselves and then vilifying others because of that. As long as we can be empathetic, as long as we can be transparent, and as long as we can take the outward mindset and really look at others as people and put ourselves in their shoes every so often and understand that that doesn't make you weak. That doesn't make you weak at all. That just means that you're a human. And that also means that you can understand that a person could be going through some troubles, but that also they failed and they need to be held accountable for that. And understanding what that accountability means. If that's firing somebody, if that's uh, docking someone's pay, 
if that's you know grounding your kids, if that's severing ties on a relationship, whatever it is, understanding the impact of that decision means that you won't make those ones that are hard to make lightly and flippantly and be toxic in the way that you live life. But it also means that when it comes to decision point on doing that, that A, you understand the ramifications of it, but B, we've already worked through the other solutions. And this is where we're at now. Nine times out of ten, if you take into account the humanity of the other person and you truly try to help them resolve whatever the issue is that caused bad behavior, failure, sadness, what have you, when it comes time for solution, that person is going to be extremely receptive to it. And as a leader, generally speaking, that means that the subordinate, when they see that behavior and you model that behavior because that's what you want to see, that person is going to absolutely never want to disappoint you again and never want to let you down and will work 5,000 times harder. There's a, there was a saying, I believe it was from uh, Brene Brown, the, the great and powerful Brene Brown, that um, identified the people that feel acknowledged and the people that feel that they are treated as people will work 10 times harder than the average employee. And this isn't just employees. This is also in relationships. Again, you know, whatever it is. Casual acquaintances, friendships, parentage, spouse, you know, all of that. When you truly put yourself out there and you truly are transparent in who you are and honest in who you are, as well as can see, identify with, and acknowledge the motivations, desires, challenges of of others, when you're in that position of leadership or you're in that position of of equality, even that other party, whoever that is to you, see how genuine you are, so long as it is genuine, will do everything they can to never let you down and will work 5, 10, 20 times harder for you when asked and even when not asked, honestly. Just because, just because they see that you do that for them and you provide that for them. And so it becomes, this is how we actually build meaningful, reciprocal relationships. And this is also what leads to a more meaningful, fulfilled, purposeful life. And a more self-actualized existence. At least one aspect of it. And at least in my mind. All right, everybody. Uh, You know, thanks for listening. I hope hope some of this struck to you. Um, and, and provided some provided some insight, provided some val- value. This is just some some things I've been mulling over these last few days regarding empathy, regarding the outward mindset. And I really think that there's uh, a you know there's more more research that needs to be done on my end. Uh, but I just wanted to share those thoughts, um, and I'd like to hear from you. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on this. Um, you can, you can, if you're listening to this through the anchor platform, I believe you can leave me a voice message through that. In fact, I know you can, um, leave some comments on, on whatever platform it is that, that you're listening on. 
Uh, also check us out on, on the web, on Instagram, uh, five peaks podcast on Instagram. I try to be semi-active on that. Um, you know, full disclosure, I'm not ultra, ultra active on it. Um, I probably post like once a week, maybe, maybe less, maybe more depending on the flow. Try to keep a, a poster story going at least. Um, I've also recently started doing a blog on medium. Um, and I, and I post the links to that on the podcast or on the uh, Instagram page as well. Uh, that's the, uh, five peaks wellness on medium. Uh, I think uh, I've written three blogs so far. I'm still, still trying to get my writing voice down, you know, as much as I'm trying to get my podcast voice down here and really just sort of relaying thoughts and ideas that I have about what makes, what makes for a more purposeful, fulfilled, self-actualized life. And I, and I really, uh, I appreciate any support, any and all support you guys, you guys give, you all give. And I really appreciate the listens, um, and the subscriptions and the downloads and, and, and all of that. Um, so thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. All right, everybody take care and, and be well.